Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgias. Love, love, love talking with you every week. I also wanted to mention we have this caller line, and I kind of stopped announcing it for a while because I was having a hard time with the system, but uh, we tried it today. Actually, there were some calls there I, I hadn't known were there, so we do have a 24-hour uh, message line. You can always leave a call, and this is like what Larry Elder's show does. I don't know if you ever listen to Larry Elder, who's brilliant and wonderful, but he has a caller line, too. And I want to just tell you our studio hotline number is 214-556-5659. And as I say, I got into it today and um, realized I, I hadn't realized calls you there. So you're welcome to call, especially if you're on our email list and you uh, know topics coming up or you know guests I'm going to have on. I've had, I saw there were some, uh, you know, uh, there were some calls from people saying, hey, you know, you should ask so-and-so this. So I love to hear from our listeners. And we have lots of ways we do try to be in touch with the listeners. One is, of course, if you're on Facebook, love to have you comment. We do try to reply. You can always email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Love talking with our listeners that way. Uh, love having conversations on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. At, at D-E-B-B-I-E, at Debbie Can We Talk is the way on Twitter uh, to get a hold of us. And also, as I say, we have this uh, caller line, so 214-556-5659. I also, uh, we have a YouTube channel, which has now really just gotten um, pretty darn fun. So if you just put in America, comma, Can We Talk, uh, and my name, Debbie Georgiatis, it'll come up. The YouTube channel has all of our past interviews. It has... Um, uh, first fives from every show. It has all sorts. And then media. I often do for a local uh, Channel 8 ABC affiliate here in Dallas. I do their uh, my, my Voice, My Opinion. I did that yesterday. So that's up. Um, so anyway, just uh, we. I love to be in touch with you. And, and this really, this entire show is dedicated to conversation about preserving the extraordinary, exceptional wonderful nation that is America and our, and our, and how do we do that and how do we hold on to that unique greatness of America okay well one way is to celebrate Mother's Day so happy Mother's Day to all the moms and as I put something on Facebook about moms and stepmoms and grandmoms and honestly a lot of people who kind of step in and serve as moms and other people their mom isn't around so just you know mothers uh, bless this nation they bless their families it is just almost impossible to overstate uh, the value of mothering uh, our children and so just happy Mother's Day and I hope all of you are, are if you are moms that you feel honored and appreciated and if you um, if your mom is around and you can be in touch with her um, I hope that you will hope that I give a very special Mother's Day shout out so Okay. Now, now that we're done with Mother's Day, um, there was actually one thing I wanted to, on the Iran thing, uh, I had a clip uh, on the uh, Iran deal of Trump when he pulled out of the um, Iran deal. There was a clip that I sent to Greg, and I think he has it, clip six. I want to just play this hilarious exchange in the White House with Sarah Sanders and the uh, a reporter whining about him pulling out of the Iran deal. Do we have clip six, Greg? Or maybe not. Okay. Yesterday, Hillary Clinton, John Kerry, and former President Barack Obama all weighed in on the president's uh, Iran decision. A sampling of what they said, John Kerry, was it weakens our security, breaks America's word, isolates us from our European allies. Uh, President Obama, former President Obama, said that called for principled, fact-based, and unifying leadership that can best secure our country. And then Hillary Clinton said our credibility is shot, and they called it a mistake. What is the president's response to them, and what does the White House think about those those former Obama administration officials 
uh, commenting on this and the appropriateness of that? Uh, I think based on each of those individuals' lack of success uh, in this entire process on foreign affairs, they would probably be the last three people that we would look to for advice and counsel. Okay, I must tell you, Sarah Sanders, you know, the the White House press <laughs> spokesperson, was that not priceless? I put that up on our Facebook page. If you're on our Facebook page, you can go watch that clip. I mean, she just deflated that. And honestly, I, I just loved it. I want to be sure and play that. She, she's just a gem, that play that in the Iranian part. And, you know, um, in our discussion of Iran, she just kind of just cut, she's kind of like Trump, just kind of cut to the chase. This is a bad deal. That's why we're out of it. And why we possibly want to listen to what those people think. They're the ones that got us in this mess. And we're, you know, we, the Trump team, are getting us back out of that mess. So love, love, love them. Okay. So uh, this, you know, I tried to accrue to the news at this point in the show. And it's always, it's a really short segment, and so I don't can't do a lot. But I want to tell you one quick story, which ties something to something I was talking about last week, which has to do with leftism and how leftism is always and only and always about destroying the freedom of the individual, undermining the rule of law. And I especially got off last week and talking with you about George Soros and what he really does in this world, the, all the evil that he funds. One thing in particular, he funded. Um, he has funded. A smartphone app for to help illegal immigrants avoid law enforcement. I mean, this is a proactive step to be sure that we undermine immigration laws in America, that you give aid and comfort to illegal aliens coming to America. You help them hide. You warn them when law enforcement is coming. You warn them where to go. You warn them, tell them how to get in touch with their lawyer quickly. This is a guy who is trying to undermine the core of what America is. That's who George Soros is. And that's this app is a great example of that. This is not a guy trying to have a policy discussion about liberal versus conservative policy. This is a guy trying to destroy America and who funds most of the Democrat Party. Put those two things together. We already got to go to a break. Be right back. And when we're back, we're going to tune right in and talking about race relations and Candace Owens. I love her. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. 
Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldier is deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Welcome back to America. Can we talk? I always hesitate to talk over our music because I love our music. Just cannot tell you how much I appreciate that music and how it captures uh, the message of our show and speaking up for America. Okay, so I got to tell you, we had a guest on the show in January named Candace Owens, and um, she is with the Turning Point USA organization. Uh, she's there. I think it's community outreach, or I'm not sure the title. She has a title for it with. The organization, but the short story in Candace Owens is she's a beautiful, young, black, articulate, spunky, funny, engaging woman. And I think she just started doing videos herself, but her among the main points she tries to make all the time and politically um, is why is the entire message of the Democrat Party to black America? 
that you are victims, that you must always self-identify as a victim, that you that your place in American society is as a victim. She is stellar. And so I she gave a speech um, this past, I think just like two weeks ago, in Minnesota at this organization, which is a conservative think tank. It's called the Center for... Center of the American Experiment, and that's actually actually a great website. Center of the American Experiment is a great website. Great people, great thinkers there. Uh, they're a think tank in Minnesota, but she gave a speech there. And I'm telling you, folks, what she is doing is revolutionary. I mean, revolutionary because she's engaging and she's right in the face of the media. And it isn't just the Democrat Party. It's the entire mainstream left-wing media and Democrat Party apparatus whose entire messaging to black America is you are a victim. As a matter of fact, it's that same messaging to women. I'm going to hit that story after we talk about this story. But to start with Candace Owens, um, let me just hit some clips and I'll come back and, and comment on them because they were so, so good. She basically was giving a speech to this think tank about what inspires her um, to speak up so much. To And she's not necessarily saying, I love all Republicans. Her message is, why don't why isn't everyone encouraging each of us, regardless of our skin color, to think for ourselves? Why are black Americans told you either toe the liberal party line or we all hate you? That's the message of the Democrat Party. You must, if you have black skin, you must agree with us. You're not allowed to think. And she really says it better than I could say it. So let me start with just clip one. She's fabulous. So if, Greg, if you have clip one. Every few years you see that leftists and Democrats put up Jay-Z and Beyonce at every election cycle. They're throwing concerts because they have understood that we begin to idolize these people. We begin to idolize the music and we say, okay, well, if Beyonce says I'm with her, then of course I must be with her too. That is the thought process. The rappers and, and the singers become mom and dad, which is a huge problem and something that I understood had to be disrupted. Okay, do you not love her? <laughs> Rappers become mom and dad. You think about the role families have. I mean, I don't know about your family, uh, all my listeners, but you know, and I know our family, when I was growing up, my dad loved to engage the three of us. I was the oldest of three kids, loved to engage us in conversations about politics. And you know, he was Republican, but he was, you know, he was, uh, you know, not dyed in the wool. He liked to talk about issues and what's the best way to help the poor and, and tax structure. He really liked talking. And when our kids growing up, and my husband and I have three children, we love talking with our kids. But this image she's painting of your mom and dad become the rappers who are up there just basically, you know, being paraded by the Democrat Party during election cycles and saying, oh, look, uh, Beyonce thinks it votes Democrat. That must be me, too, versus encouraging people to think for themselves. She had another cut, too, where she's talking. She talks on college campuses a lot. And this is really, really unnerving the American left because she's talking to young people. And she's talking about idiotic things that they actually are taught in college relating race to economic policy. This is clip two. Capitalism, that is white supremacy. That's a really scary place to be when capitalism and free markets are being considered white supremacy on campus, not only because she's saying it, but because she has professors that are backing her up. 
these students actually believe that socialism is the answer. They can't tell you why there are people fleeing from Venezuela to get to America. You know what? And she is right. There is the uh, mixture in college campus speaking, especially in history classes, political science classes, all the social activism type of majors, which shouldn't even exist. But those kind of things, they are they blend skin color with economic messaging as though as though they have anything at all to do with each other. And then another clip she and she's really good too, just talking openly not just about things like you just heard her, but talking about this kind of this concept of racism as pervading the Democrat Party messaging all the time, as though this country is a place rampant with racism where where you know we can barely walk on the streets safely. So she had a great clip. This is clip three. Perhaps racism is being used as a theme to turn black people into single issue voters. Every single day on the television, we saw Black Lives Matter protesters. By the way, has anybody seen Black Lives Matter on CNN since the election ended? I have, and I can't find them because guess what? Once the election is over, they no longer need to use black people like mules to bring them votes. And that's exactly what's going on. As a black American, as an American, period, we couldn't be living in a more privileged time. And yet CNN is trying to sell me my own oppression. So I I shoot this video and I basically say, am I the only person that, you know, relies on their own experience to dictate what might be going on in the world? Am I the only person that can get up in the morning and go to Starbucks and and a white person makes me my latte and they say, have a nice day. And then I go to the gym and I've got a Spanish guy hands me my towel and, and he says, have a nice day. I'm living in a pretty okay place until I turn on CNN. Okay, just she is so rich in what she's saying and because it's irrefutable and this is i want to tie i tell you a family story here we have a, a few minutes before this next break um because i could so relate especially to the last thing she was saying so my husband and i just came back we went uh, out of town over this past weekend uh to a wedding uh, in the east coast and this is a wedding of a friend who lives here in da- not a friend it's my, it's my friend in dallas son um who was married uh back east and the reason I want to tell you this story is that my friend, she and her husband uh, are black. They have three sons and they have, this was their middle son getting married. And so we went back for the wedding. Um, and this is one of my dearest friends on the planet earth. And so we went back for the wedding. It's in uh, this lovely area um, in North Carolina. And um, it was a huge, we- or to my standards, a huge wedding, 200 people. And it was, as I say, my friend and her husband are black. They have these just inst- Stellar sons. I mean, she, they're fabulous parents. Great children. Great sons. Great family. Great uh, the you know woman that and family he married into. But the point is, we were there for a weekend, and we met. You know, the, and the wedding was probably you know uh, I don't know of, of the crowd of two hundred. It was it was very significantly majority black Americans, and uh, and and obviously we were there, and and other white Americans, and, and a fair smattering of Asian Americans. And the truth is, we had a blast. Nobody talked about race. Nobody pointed out race. Nobody, I mean, we just, we just enjoyed each other. We enjoyed celebrating this precious young couple getting married. We enjoyed hearing about their love for each other and the, and the family, that families that raised them and got them to this point that were ready to, to be married. And we, and we had, you know, this, as I said, this is one of my, 
best friends, pretty intimate conversations about life and how much you care so much about your children growing up and marrying and finding someone right and good to marry so they they build a home for themselves. And the guests, we, you know, we didn't know a lot of the people there because they were, you know, that we were visiting from Texas. This was in North Carolina. I mean, we, but, you know, we talked to a variety of, just met a bunch of new people, uh, re-engaged with some people that I had met through my friend here uh, on, on other social occasions. And the point of all this is what Candace Owens is saying, that the vast majority of Americans go around every day and interact with other Americans of other races, ethnicities, national, national origin, skin color, other Americans do this all day long. This is the real America, what Candace Owens is describing. Of course, there are racist incidents. Of course, there are. We are not perfect. So there are racist incidents that occur occasionally involving the police and everybody, black, white, and everybody else wants to have those incidents investigated, wants to understand what happened, wants to find justice, and we do pursue justice. But the left, the effort of the American left, the leftism, leftists who want to control this country, the George Soros who want to destroy the culture and fabric of America, they try to portray an America filled with racism. We can barely walk down the street without having a just a, some horrible racist incident occur. This is not what America is. And the beauty of what, when Candace Owens is saying it, is that people are starting to listen. We come back from the break. I'll tell you, President Trump's poll numbers are coming, are increasing among black supporters because Kanye West has now got on board with Candace Owens. More on that when we come back. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. 
Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. And welcome back. So grateful you've tuned in to America Can We Talk. Okay, you know, I want to tell you... Um, This race relations topic is very tender, and I think many, many people uh, and media just kind of stay away from it because it's it's tender, and they fear one tiny misstatement or something said not quite correctly might result in somebody uh, criticizing them or, or, or calling them racist, and the whole topic has become so tender, and we all suffer from that. We all, as a culture, as a country, we suffer from the endless racial agitation brought on by the American left, encouraged by the American left, because they have no, and I'll tell you why they do it, because they have no other arguments to make. The American left spends their time dividing America into grievance, grievance-based groups, victim groups, spends their political capital and energy encouraging each of us to think that we're in this country just surrounded by racism. It is the, it's the endless talk of the Hillary Clintons and the Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's, the Democrat Party leadership. They, and the reason they have to do that is because if anyone stops to look at the policies they hold, the policies they try to sell, Americans soon figure out left-wing policies don't work. 
every major city with just all of the, you know, crime and agitation and, and uh, dissension and poverty and, and just uproar. It is absolutely the case, whether they want, whether you can stand a minute or not run by Democrats, the ideas of America. Okay. Leave party parties out of it. The idea of America, the founding of America is not about race. We are not founded, as other countries were, by a conquering army. So, you know, now the X army, you know, clobbered the Y people. And so now that this race rules and this ethnic group rules, America's founding on ideas was the most extraordinary contribution to world civilizational development imaginable. We are not a country based on race, ethnicity, or national origin. And the only way toward unity, the only way toward... uh, all of us in America being able to be more connected, to to refuse to engage and indulge the invitation the left constantly makes to America to please believe that we're a racist nation, please believe you're a victim, is to be smarter than that, to refuse to accept their invitation uh, toward racism. I'm going to play one more clip by the incredibly brilliant Candace Owens, who is uh, who. Uh, was, as I say, was speaking at uh, the Center of the American Experiment. And this is when she talks about the impact on America, on society, uh, when people convince you you're a victim. This is clip four. You got to toughen up. And when people are able to strap you to the existence of being a victim, when people sell you that being a victim is a brand that is cool, they can control you. And that's what we see happening in so many different communities. It's, you can be gay and not be a victim. You can be black and not be a victim. What we're seeing spreading like wildfire is a victor mentality. The idea that you can overcome anything that you've lived through, that you can overcome what I've lived through, that I can overcome being in a small apartment with my siblings that had roaches, being visiting my uncles in prison, living through what was classified as a hate crime when I was in high school. That can overcome all of that and stand on this stage in front of 550 people and talk about all the things that I want to accomplish, to give up my past because I believe in my future. Okay, do you not love this woman? I'll tell you, Candace Owens is starting a firestorm and a brush fire in America because she's a, as I say, she's she's quite, she's very attractive. She's really pretty. She's really smart. She's articulate. She's got energy. She's got bravery. And the thing is, she's not being deliberately um, confrontational. She's just speaking truth. And it's resonating. It's resonating on campuses. It's resonating on social media. And you might know, because I think I mentioned it last week or two weeks ago, Kanye West, um, not yet, not at that time known as a Trump supporter, but Kanye West had tweeted out, essentially, he tweeted out about Candace Owens. He said, I like Candace Owens thinking. And in this speech where you're hearing these segments from, she actually talked about that, that someone had tweeted her, said, hey, or texted her, hey, look, Kanye West is tweeting about you. And anyway, he has gotten on board with her. And he, Kanye West, tweeted out something essentially saying, um, yeah, how is it that you know nothing got better in Chicago under eight years of President Obama? Kanye West and Candace Owens are starting to to challenge what they're really doing, even if they didn't mean to. They're challenging the left's stranglehold on uh, 
the media on left-wing thought, they're, they're, they're challenging the, the Democrat media just stranglehold on African-American thought in America. All she's saying is, why isn't it okay to think for myself? Why, uh, other black Americans, why don't we all think for ourselves and not just salute to the Democrat Party? She's stirring up. It's just fabulous. And the thing is, as I say, she's just speaking truth. She's able to point out, and you know, it was a great thing too. I think that there's, as I say, it's such a tender issue and, and many people don't want to discuss race relations. They don't want to discuss, you know, those they think is too tender and the, the American left has deliberately made it too hard. They deliberately, intentionally made it too hard. They make it so that if you are an American, a, if you're a white American, you don't dare can't make comments about race relations because it, they can so quickly pounce and call you racist. This is what happens when people try to speak up is that they get pounced on. And so many uh, conservative politicians just won't even discuss race relations. But I tell you folks, two things. One is, as I say all the time, America's the best, has the best ideas on earth. America's ideas the founding ideas of America, individual freedom, personal responsibility, limited government, strong national defense. These ideas are the best ideas for everyone. Whatever your skin color, whatever your nationality, whatever your ethnicity or, or your national origin, whatever your people category, America's ideas are the best. And the, Amer- and the Democrat Party of today has utterly abandoned the ideas of America. They have utterly abandoned the ideas that made America great. And that's really what Candace Owens is saying. She's just saying, look around. What is it? You, wh- where do you get being a victim? All you do is get, and, and you know, she and other comments has talked about, all you do if you're a victim and you think you just can only survive by relying on government assistance you're just joining the modern-day plantation. You're still you're dependent on a different master, the master of the federal government versus the slaveholder master. She's really saying things that are just, they're so healthy, and they're inspiring people to think. And, yeah, I'll tell you, the other thing that happened, oh, this Kanye West getting in the middle of it all, too. Um, so he's spoken up more and more. And so now President Trump, in a speech in the NRA last week, um, which was in Dallas, um, he, in his speech, said, Kanye West must have some power, because you probably saw, I doubled my, I doubled my African-American support numbers. This is President Trump speaking in Dallas about the impact of what Kanye West and Candace Owens have started. He said, I went from 11 to 22 in one week. Trump appeared to be referring to numbers from a Reuters tracking poll that noted an 11-point rise in support among black men between April 22nd and April 29th. And above all black respondents, his support rose from 8.9 to 15.6% over that same week. And so I just want to say I think it's really refreshing. And on a similar note about this whole victim thing, I just think it's, it's offensive to sell your political ideas by telling people based on categories that you didn't choose, you're just simply born with, your race, your ethnicity, your national origin, your gender, that's just what you are. It's what you're born as. And you tell people that because of those things you didn't choose, you're a victim, you're treating them as though they have no intellect, 
no individual God-given gifts, no potential to grow, no potential to become something in America. You're just encouraging them to accept victimhood as their plight in life. And as she said, she as she's pointing out, Candace Owens, a victim brand. It's the it's the brand of the left, a victim brand. And then once you are that brand, then you that's how you function, it's how you vote, it's how you think, and then they own you. The Democrat Party owns you by by pinching you into that category of victim. So, folks, I gotta tell you. It's happening to women, too. And we're going to go off to break here in a moment. But when we come back, I want to tell you, it's happening to women big, big, big time. And even in that, t- in that category, in that subject, it's, there are people waking up, people recognizing that the Democrat Party selling victimhood to American women should not win your support. And, there, and we're going to hit specifically New York Attorney General, Mr. Me Too, Schneiderman. Come back after the break. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. 
Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with five talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Welcome back. As I say every week, this is the fastest two hours of my week. It always flies by, and there's so much more to talk about. You know, this this is a, a, a great country that got founded on, and I used to say this in some of my speeches early on. Uh, I wrote a book, like I guess like five years ago now, um, anyway, um, and did a lot, do a lot of public speaking. But one thing that I always talk about is, you know, America got founded in our from the very beginning on the basic idea that we had the right, uh, number one, to overthrow repression, to not live under tyranny, to have individual liberty, to not let King George be unreasonable and unfair. But we also, we had just important, vital conversations happening all over what we now call New England and America, but people gathering to talk about political ideas and gathering to have... um, a robust debate, sometimes family member versus family member and neighbor versus neighbor, but discussing, do we really think, for example, that we have the right to say that we want a country ruled by the people? We have, we want we the people to run this country. We want to, we had robust political debate. Part of one reason I do this show and I do, uh, I just do all sorts of speaking, but the idea of it is to inspire people that to maintain our country, to maintain a culture where we understand, you know, what our rights are and that we explore what they mean and we can talk to each other. You know, we are, it's incumbent on us as kind of guardians of this republic. That's Alan West's book name, by the way, Guardians Guardians of the Republic. It's a good book. But anyway, you know, we are the guardians of this republic and we have to and continue to have be able to have robust political debate. And the reason I'm on that right now is because in the area, in the arena of race relations, as in many other issues in society, whether race relates to the threat of radical Islam in America, the Islamic supremacism in America, border security, refugee policy, immigration policy, race relations, part of what the American left has done, beside trying to undermine the founding ideas of America, is to make it impossible to talk about them. 
to make people afraid to have any conversation about tender issues because when I say the left, I do, of course, mean the upper echelon leadership, the, the radical leftists who now are running the Democrat Party in Washington. And I mean academia, the radical, the left wing universities, which is almost all universities, the history and political science and social science departments are run by leftists and the mainstream, what is passes from mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CBS, NBC, all those, you know, alphabet organizations all participate in this left-wing repression of speech by legitimizing the politically correct views on every subject, making people afraid to speak up, and making people concerned that if I say what I think or I express doubt about some left-wing view, I might be called a racist, I might be called a xenophobic, I might be called an Islamophobe, whatever the, the word would be. We have... We don't have sufficient robust debate, especially on our college campuses. And frankly, even in our personal lives, even discussing race relations is very tender, very challenging. But this is why I'm so inspired and just excited, really, about what Candace Owens and Kanye West have started here. Because they're saying, essentially, don't tell us. We have to think the way the left wing says we have to think. Don't, don't, don't tell us that. We don't have to. We can think for ourselves. We can reason for ourselves. We can look at the utter failure of left wing policies in this country to ever lift anyone up. We can look at the repression the left tries to inflict on America with the, just the utter breeding and growing of a a massive welfare dependency state that deprives people of dignity and hope and, and, and opportunity. This is, this is a fabulous thing that's happening. And on a similar note, I want to mention about women. Um, you know, that's another group. The American left just lives to convince that you are victimized that you are just, you're, you're barely able to function in the day because society is so full of unfairness to women and, and sexism and repression and, and, and unfairness. And it's another lie. It's another lie. So this Me Too movement, I don't, I don't have time tonight as I want to sometime in the future to talk more in depth about the Me Too movement. In fact, the, the Me Too movement, and what I mean by that, in case you don't know it by that name, is you know when there were some of the women who uh, were who agreed or were forced to be uh, intimate with uh, Harvey Weinstein, the the Hollywood producer, as it turned out, uh, as a few women finally spoke up and said, well, he told me I had to sleep with him in order to get this part, or I had to, you know, do sexual favors in order to get my, my career to move. When women started speaking up, it was one woman and then two and then, and then, then dozens and dozens and dozens. And so the hashtag started Me Too. It was a discussion on Twitter, discussion on Facebook, discussion everywhere. The basic thing is saying, hey, women aren't going to put up with this anymore. And that is a good thing, of course. The idea that women should ever have to put up with any kind of, uh, you know, un 
consensual sexual activity is, of course, wrong and terrible. And, of course, they should speak up. And so to the extent that women uh, needed to have that reinforcement from society, from Twitter, from wherever, yeah, you don't have to put up with that. This is a good thing. And in Hollywood especially, it was egregious because of all the hypocrisy imaginable, Hollywood where they're constantly, you know, uh, you know, just virtue signaling out the wazoo about how extremely supportive they are of women's rights and equality and all. They're just onto every left wing claiming to be the paragon of virtue, standing up for women. And all these Hollywood big mouth liberal women knew exactly what Harvey Weinstein was doing. They knew exactly. And they knew that's the way it was and had been and they never spoke up. So, but they, they took that, they were happy to hold that mantle to lead the women's marches and go speak at those things. But they weren't, and the, the true story is, they weren't actually practicing what they were screaming that other people should practice. Well, a thing happened this past week, uh, which involves the New York State Attorney General. His name is Eric Schneiderman. And and he is, I should say, the former New York State Attorney General. He was a paragon. He was a held up as a leader, as a thought leader of the American left. He had gotten awards for speaking up about the Me Too movement. And he was going to be the leader of the Me Too's. And he was going to tell the world how, you know, and he went ahead and went after uh, Harvey Weinstein, was going to prosecute Harvey Weinstein for his conduct toward dozens and dozens and dozens of women engaging in non-consensual intimacy with them. So he was, you know, Mr. Paragon of Virtue, stand up for the American left, you know, stand up. and, and, And as it turns out, he has now been accused very credibly. In fact, he has stepped down by four women, and I think it's more now, but the big story that was out in the New Yorker was four women who accused him of the most vile, violent, disgusting, rampage behavior against women. And I tell, I'm going to only give a little bit of detail of his story because I want to make my political point about this and about America. But in this this story, these women talked about that he was, you know, they became, you know, he was a very powerful man, and they were so proud to be associated, affiliated with a very powerful man. He was divorced, and his wife actually um, still worked for him as a political consultant, even though they were divorced. But anyway, he engaged in um, very violent conduct toward women. In fact, they were calling it non-consensual violence. I'm thinking, I'm pretty much hoping everybody views violence in their, in their you know, as non-consensual. They wouldn't actually agree. But, I mean, slapping, hitting, spitting, just grievous, grievously injuring, and it's numerous women. And this is a guy who's been up on the stage, you know, um, you know, Hillary Clinton thinks he's great. All these leftists held him up. And the truth was he was a violent oppressor of women. He was violently brutal, um, non-consensual physical violence. He's also very mocking. One woman he got involved with, involved with is a native of Sri Lanka. There's a picture of her. She looks, she has kind of a, um, she looks Indian, but she's a native of Sri Lanka, you know, a, a, a darker complexion and um, dark eyes and all that. He got involved with this woman, Tanya. I don't know how to say her last name correctly, but it's like um, Salveritanam or something. But let's just call her Tanya. 
and she talked about her intimate relationship with this guy, this New York attorney general, by saying he described her as having dark skin. He told her she he called her his brown slave. He demanded she say out loud she was his property. Sometimes he'd tell her to call him master, and he would slap her until she would do it. He started calling me his property, his brown slave, and she continued in a relationship with him, as did these other women. It isn't like the first time he hit them, they headed for the door and went home and never spoke to him again. I'm talking they continued being involved with him. And I raise this to say several things. One is, this is a lot like the American left of standing up for virtue in the public stage, obviously didn't mean it from his heart, thought it was perfectly fine to abuse women, perfectly fine to mock a woman and call her his brown slave, mock her skin color, her ethnicity, her race. This was okay conduct. This was the false moral high ground the left tries to take. And devoid of any Christian morality, devoid of any common decency that really is inherent in American culture. And this is a guy who lived and moved to encourage women to think that they are victims and they have to vote for the Democrat Party because Democrats will save you. Another time, another instance, another example When politicians try to sell you that you should vote for them because I think you're a victim, run for the hills. They're not looking out for you. They are manipulating you. They are playing with you. They are toying with you. They are controlling you. And we can do better. I want to do more on the Me Too thing next week the more I think about it. I'm kind of out of time tonight to do that. But it's a really, really important story. And um, didn't as I every week happens, I didn't get to all my stories. I love talking with you every week. I encourage you to stay in touch with me. Hit our Facebook page. We love our comments. We try to respond to comments. Email me at AmericaCanWeTalk at gmail.com. Tune in every Sunday. Love talking to you. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. America.